0: Hey, welcome to our North Church Women's Bible Study Podcast. And today I have with me a guest, and this is Sharice. I think you all know Sharice, but Sharice, would you introduce yourself for those that haven't heard
1: you? Sure. I'm Sharice Compton. Um, I moved here with my husband and my three children about three years ago. And I've been involved in women's ministry here at Bethlehem, now the North Church Mm -hmm. for the For the duration of that time. So hopefully a lot of you recognize me.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, as we get started, I just want to let everybody know that this is lesson nine of 10. So next week will be our last lesson. And I also want to just remind you that we are doing this unscripted, right, Cherise? Yes, very much so. (laughs) And so we are just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. And we are just excited to discuss this lesson to see how Jesus is revealed to us. So I'm going to pray as we start. So Father, I pray that you would help us, that you would uh, just guide us, lead us, open our eyes to see wonderful things about Jesus in this lesson. And we thank you for being with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we began this lesson, I got to thinking about how HGTV once had a makeover show and maybe maybe they have it I don't know I don't have cable anymore but uh, it was called The Big Reveal and people just delighted in seeing and seeing something beautiful that had been transformed and then they would unveil it and there was one particular show called Extreme Makeover Home Edition I, I watched that oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> The large bus was parked in front of the home to conceal this you know huge remodel project and the anticipation grew and the audience would begin chanting
1: move that bus
0: yeah so well augustine described the relationship between the old and the new testaments this way the new is in the old concealed the old is in the new revealed and so we really can't understand either one if we treat them separately so the bible being one continuous narrative it just it's a gradual unfolding of god's saving plan and I got to thinking about how without Jesus and the New Covenant, it would be like this exciting, dramatic movie that is forever set on pause. Because you never get to the conclusion or the culmination. Or like the audience waiting for that bus to be moved and it never got moved. So I am so grateful for the New Testament authors who took such great joy in revealing Jesus to us after his resurrection so that we can just behold this wondrous, incredible mystery in the New Testament. So that's where we're headed today is we have many other uh, titles and names of Jesus in the New Testament, but this lesson zeroes in on some of the New Testament authors that revealed Jesus post-resurrection. The first one that we're going to talk about is uh, from the book of Acts, where Luke who is a physician, he opened up the book of Acts with the ascension of Jesus as he's risen from the dead and all the events of Pentecost. And he reveals Jesus to us by quite a few different titles. And I have those on the slide, but, you know, I just wonder, Charisse, is there a couple of these that really stood out to you as as precious this week as you studied?
1: You know, I was just struck of... Uh, again over and over again how so many of the titles the new testament authors need luke here Mm -hmm. use are straight from the old testament so they they have learned you know after jesus died and rose again and then he ascended he was like wait for the baptism of the holy spirit (laughs) and then 10 days later at pentecost they finally experienced that baptism of the holy spirit i bet all the puzzle pieces just kind of Fell into place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet (laughs) they were surprised at how many of those things that they went, yes, he did say that, didn't he? That's
1: right. And like they start connecting the dots like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was actually in the Old Testament all Mm -hmm. along. You know, so Luke calls Jesus God's servant. there Mm -hmm. in Acts 3. Holy and righteous one we saw in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament. I don't know if we saw author of life, um, but, you know, there's – we've spoken in other places of Jesus creative work so yeah but i thought that was kind of a new title for him that i i like to consider mm-hmm. just the author of life yeah
0: i just think it's the, the uh, just the breadth of these different titles and how i mean we have peter we have stephen we have paul all of them in their various ser- sermons in acts bring up some of these titles and it just I think it gives us a sweet picture of who Jesus is and how it is, like you said, connected to the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. that he is the hope of Israel. Mm -hmm. He is that promised one. And as Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, Mm -hmm. Jesus was the first to rise from the dead. And I think it's such an encouragement to us, too, that he is our hope. So let's let's move along to First Corinthians. I know we're moving kind of quickly here, but we have such we a we have to <laughs> we have to. There's a big lesson yes. to cover in in First and Second Corinthians. Uh, there's a couple of titles here that are really sweet. Uh, the first one is first fruits. First Corinthians fifteen twenty to twenty three says, "But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep." You have some thoughts on how Jesus is the the first root the concept, it's a little bit hard to understand for those of us that grew up in the city.
1: Yeah, we're not agri—not into agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, this was particularly sweet to me to study this title for Jesus. You mm-hmm. just imagine Israel every year, you know—they they plant their seed and they eagerly await the harvest. They know mm-hmm. that if God doesn't give it, <laughs> he doesn't mm-hmm. give it. So when those first little heads of wheat kind of sprout and they they would gather them up and take them as an offering to the Lord and I just it was precious for me this week to think that's Jesus he's the first one and a big harvest of resurrections is coming so that was I I loved picturing him as the first little Mm -hmm. outgrowth and it just guarantees the rest of us will follow eventually
0: Yeah. yeah like it says in verse 23 each in his own order, mm-hmm. Christ the first fruits, and then it is coming, those who belong to Christ. Yeah. That's a beautiful promise that we have there. So that's one that's rooted in the Old Testament. The other one here is Jesus as the last Adam. We see this in the same passage. Uh, For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive so this is a I mean this is typology Mm -hmm. am I saying that correctly Sharice?
1: yes of course
0: (laughs) and you know that's a you know we're actually you know told that Adam was a type of the one who is to come I think that was in Romans 5 here that said that he was a type that Mm -hmm. death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who were sinning So I thought we would do a little bit of comparison here between Jesus and Adam, going back to Romans 5. So I I made a little chart here, and for those that are listening who were in class and we didn't have this chart, I'll possibly send this out by email. But there is just so much here. I just included a few of these ways that we can compare Adam and Jesus from, you know, looking at Romans 5 and from 1 Corinthians 15
1: Yeah, the kind of question that came up at our table today was: Is it fair that so many people were condemned because of Adam's sin? But is it fair then that so many people get to live because Mm of Jesus' Jesus. death and life? I mean, (laughs) it's the same parallel. And I think that's what Paul's trying to set up that parallel in Romans, helping us see: yeah. Because of Adam's sin, we were all made to be sinners. But so many of us are made to be righteous
0: because of what Jesus did for
1: us. And if we want to claim the one, we've got to claim the the other. other.
0: That's right. You know, I mean, the comparison here between the many and the trespass and the gift that we get in Jesus that's free, Mm -hmm. and it abounds to so many. Uh, The other language he uses here that I think is interesting is Death reigned mm-hmm. through Adam, but life reigns through Jesus, and we have that free gift of righteousness. I told the class this morning that I keep using the word beautiful all the time. <laughs> yes. So you can attest that I have a, a sticky note you, here like you two computer. sticky notes. <laughs> I ran out of room. This is so amazing. it's so mm-hmm. as- astonishing. It's, it's fantastic news, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I did not hear
1: you say tremendous yet. So we'll use that one next. (laughs) Yeah, we'll use that one.
0: But this is actually just awesome news. Because of Jesus, he fulfilled everything that Adam could not do. And you talked about this in our fall study as well. When you look at the failure, the utter failure of Adam and Eve in the garden Mm -hmm. and sin coming into the world. And yet, now here comes Jesus.
1: It's kind of this mental image I have of this multiplication of sin. It's just, it's just going, spreading
0: like cancer around the mm.
1: globe, like cancer. But then Jesus comes, mm. and it, he sends life and righteousness, like chasing it around the globe and overtaking it. It's just kind of a beautiful image. A tremendous. It image tremendous. You yes. It
0: is. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's look at uh, another one here. Or, oh, here's the same passage. I read this already, 1 Corinthians 15. But let's look at another way that Paul uh, describes Jesus, and that we see on page 138, and that is that Jesus is our cornerstone. Yes. So we're, we skipped over a couple. <laughs> we, there's just so many ways <laughs> to see and treasure Jesus. As I mean, Paul said in 2 Corinthians Inexpressible gift.
1: Yeah. It's it's so nice to have this variety of ways to picture Jesus. You know, there's a there's a picture there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't really get the first fruits. Well, here let's try cornerstone. Let's Maybe try that, that will resonate with yeah. you.
0: That, that, okay, we've got this building metaphor here because we have, you know, Psalm 118 is very commonly quoted yes. from the Old Testament. It's quoted in the New Testament, it might even be the most commonly quoted. So the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And then Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Is that one on your list? That that is, it's on my list. Mm -hmm. It's marvelous, it really is. And Jesus said that himself. So (laughs) let's look at this marvelous title of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's this idea of it being like the first stone that's kind of set in a building, or like all the other stones are laid on top of it. It's like the foundation.
1: Yeah, and it, it's a it forms the base of a corner, so it's, it often joins two walls. I think mm-hmm. somebody talked about it had sort of a um, compass-like effect, except it sets the direction mm-hmm. of the entire
0: building. Yeah, it, and if the, the line on that cornerstone is off, then the whole building is off. Yes. So, Jesus is our perfect cornerstone. There's also the theme that we have here in these verses about uh, rejection. You know, that he was rejected. And this was prophesied, of course. And there were other Bible characters that we have looked at in past lessons as well that were rejected and then later exalted that were a picture of Jesus. Mm -hmm. We think of Jacob and...
1: Joseph and David, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. it's kind of a pattern that God's people follow. There's this kind of humiliation
0: mm-hmm. before you're
1: exalted. Yeah.
0: There's also this um, picture here of what happens when we do, if we do reject Jesus and we stumble over him, it's, yeah. it's pretty vivid here everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces and when it falls on anyone it will crush him it's like you reject jesus you're ultimately going to be rejected that's right sobering all right do we have let's see if we go on here we've got a couple of more verses about cornerstone to look at and these are I think these are the verses that are on page 139 of the lesson. So, again, these are just kind of continuing in Acts and, and Ephesians and First Peter, this idea. Is there anything else that you think might be important for us to
1: I thought the, the Ephesians passage uh, really extended that metaphor of the cornerstone because it's talking about, this is on, in the middle of page 139, mm-hmm. um, it's talking about how the cornerstone is joining not just two walls together, but two people. Mm-hmm. So in Jesus, yeah. he was able to bring both Jews and Gentiles. You know, most of us are Gentiles, but we're considered fellow citizens mm-hmm. and saints, members of God house, which we, nobody outside of Israel could have claimed um, prior to Jesus coming.
0: Yeah, a dwelling place for God. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that again next week as we look at revelation that, you know, Finally, there will be this time. This God is actually dwelling with his people, which is what I've been longing yeah, for since, since Eden. Genesis, that's yeah. right. There's to tackle next week. So. It <laughs> is. There's another long lesson, so get started early. But I think there is, you know, this passage in First Peter, I think, is very precious here, talking about Jesus being this chosen and precious cornerstone in whoever. Whoever, we see this language again. Whoever believes, we saw that many times in the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Mm-hmm. It's like no shame if you believe in him. Right. You know, You believe in him, there's honor, but oh, what a warning there is here to not reject Jesus, the cornerstone. There's uh, one more title that's here in uh, Ephesians that talks about Jesus being the head, and this is kind of a related, related to Cornerstone, the fact that he is uh, the head over all things, the church. Um, Ephesians four talks about that we are to speak the truth in love growing up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So this is another picture of his authority uh, for mm-hmm. us and our union with our him, union in him. Mm-hmm. being in in Christ in his body yeah.
1: so much
0: <laughs> it's just so rich, rich isn't it yeah mm-hmm.
1: okay
0: we're going to go on just, yeah, in, the just time, in the interest of time, time. and we're going to go on to uh Jesus as the firstborn and this is a something that we see in Colossians especially Colossians one fifteen through 20 so
1: And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Oh, I love
0: Colossians. Mm -hmm. Paul has a way of writing these run-on sentences mm-hmm. but that are just
1: They're so lofty such
0: lofty descriptions of jesus mm-hmm. so much is packed in yeah. to this are there is there anything in particular that stands out as most encouraging to you from these verses on jesus as a firstborn or maybe i could say is there anything that's confusing we did ask that question on page 142 as well and Maybe you had discussion around your table this morning.
1: We did a little bit about that firstborn of all creation. I think some people trip up on that, thinking that means Jesus, as the eternal Son of God, had some sort of origination, like God created him. But so we talked about a little bit. The box you have on page 142 is helpful um, that this word speaks of his. Position.
0: Position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know,
1: you can get hung up on grammar, but that it could just be read. This is, this is kind of how we, this genitive construction is kind of like our possessive. We could just say creation's firstborn. It's just, he exists as the one who made creation. Mm -hmm. So he, and it's it's followed up in that next verse. It explains how he's the firstborn of all creation. Well, he's this way because he made them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think we didn't
0: yeah I think that helped yeah.
1: clarify things for us
0: yeah that it doesn't mean that he was the first created being right but that he is I mean the word that paul uses is that he's preeminent you know, yes. he is he is over everything
1: yeah by his position mm-hmm. he, he is over all of these things I thought it was interesting too that psalm 89 reference at the mm-hmm. bottom of the page mm-hmm. this is spoken to David he was a course a type of the king to come, but David was not the firstborn, but he was declared to be the firstborn in this psalm. So he's given a position much like Jesus by nature of creating and of who he is as the eternal son of God has that position of firstborn and and heir, as we'll see Mm -hmm. in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's right. That is, those two are tied together. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews does speak to that quite a bit. All right. So as we wrap up our titles in Colossians, we've just got a couple more here and uh, Colossians 127 to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like I don't quite make enough of this idea of the hope of my glory. You know, there's, there's so many pieces to our story too, you know, and Jesus, he, he's the first in every way. <laughs> he's the first perfect human. He, 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 but he is our forerunner in more ways than just the resurrection. He, he takes this path that we all have to follow through suffering before glory. And I just think, oh, there's so much glory for us too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like yeah. sit around the table, like we sing, why should I gain from his reward?
0: But
1: I cannot give an answer to that. But we have that same hope of glory. I I, I love that expression.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe I'm getting ahead here. But, you know, in Hebrews, it talks about how for the joy set before him, he despised the shame of the cross. And I think in so many ways, as we reflect Jesus, we also need to think about that joy that is set Mm. before us. That's right. And we are enduring many things here. But let's hope, let's set our eyes on Jesus. That's
1: right. Let's change our perspective.
0: Yeah. Because Christ is all in all. Mm -hmm. That's who he is. And I think if we lived with that kind of a mindset, we would look at our lives differently. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think Colossians 3 even goes on to say so then you set your eyes on things that are above. Mm-hmm. not on things that are below because Your you've been raised is, yeah, and right. you, you are, you know, we are seated with him. Yeah. And in some ways we're already there. Yeah. So guaranteed. Isn't not, this? Already not yet, yeah. which is so beautiful. All right. Let's go on to see how Timothy and Titus refer to Jesus. And I, again, this, this flows right into what we've been talking about with Jesus as our hope. Um, he is our savior. Mm-hmm. And he is our hope, our you know, blessed, our blessed hope. Mm-hmm. We have. It is an incredibly astonishing thing that that Jesus <laughs> Sorry, is. Excusing her notes. I'm looking. Watching. I'm looking at my <laughs> sticky note with all of these adjectives because we run out of ways to express the just incredible hope that we do have. What a blessing. What a blessing. And I love what Hebrews 6, 9, 19 says, you know, that we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the yes. soul.
1: That's a new picture. I haven't seen that one anywhere else, but you know, I could be wrong, but that yeah. seems like a pretty fresh metaphor. The author of Hebrews gives us the of Jesus. Yeah.
0: Hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, mm-hmm. which we've been talking about how Jesus in his body was torn for us, just like that curtain mm-hmm. and the temple was mm-hmm. torn and our hope is there where Jesus has gone before us behind that curtain yes. it's I just love that that it's a steadfast hope we yes. don't need to think that it's going to disappear he will hold us fast
1: it, yeah, yeah it anchors us mm-hmm. through this every storm yeah
0: and then if we move on here to um, a couple more verses before we go to Hebrews and that is looking at as Jesus as our Mediator, we see that in First Timothy, uh, our mm-hmm. ransom. ransom, yep, and then Second Corinthians, he he's our reconciler, mm-hmm. and then he gives us his <laughs> same ministry
1: of reconciliation. He just yes. passed the baton to us mm-hmm. before he went to heaven,
0: mm-hmm. and he is that mediator of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a little bit more when we get to Hebrews. Uh, again, later too. That there's that idea of that blessed inheritance that we have, that that promise that he is the one that guarantees it mm-hmm. as the mediator. All right. Anything else, Sharice, that you want to add on before we move on to Hebrews? I'm kind of eager to get to Hebrews. So, oh, me too.
1: <laughs> I I just confirmed this with Jared a few minutes ago because I'm pretty. I thought I'm pretty sure Hebrews is the only book in the New Testament that ever speaks of Jesus as our high priest. That is, I mean, we get mediator, Mm -hmm. like we just saw in Timothy, Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody else calls him our high priest. Obviously this is a recycled idea from the Psalms. Yes. But uh, the author of Hebrews takes this and runs with it. And it's just, it's so beautiful to look Mm -hmm. at all these points in which all these ways in which he is our, great high priest Yeah,
0: there's just so many rich images here mm. in hebrews and we are going to jump around quite a bit and it, it might seem as if we're pulling verses here and there just to pull out a name or a title but i just want to encourage anyone who's listening to spend some time just reading the book of hebrews start to finish and then see where these names and titles pop up along the way and how the author of Hebrews keeps repeating these things to just reinforce the idea that he is our high priest. He is our perfect sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There's, and sometimes they overlap, even in one verse. But mm-hmm. well, ready to dig into yes. Hebrews.
1: Another plug for Hebrews. I remember the first time I really read it devotionally was after my husband told me he was going to write his dissertation on Hebrews. And I thought, well, that's all he's going to be talking about <laughs> for the next three years. I better get to know hebrews and what a wealth just a storehouse of treasures god had for me in that and i love how you just get the full picture of jesus because you start with such lofty descriptions of his divinity at the beginning of the book but then you just plunge the depths into his humanity mm-hmm. so quickly but you don't stay there He suffers, but then he passes through the heavens to his exaltation where he stands now Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help us. And it's just this beautiful, full-orbed picture of the risen Christ. And so I agree with your push to encourage people just to sit down and read the whole thing to... To get a sense of the context for some of these texts, we just we are lifting a little bit just to yeah show you the titles and his roles mm-hmm.
0: right yeah and I think I just had an idea, Cherise. <laughs> I guess That's I, dangerous. You have I guess, a lot of ideas. <laughs> I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going public here. But um, wouldn't it be fun if Jared could spare some time to join us and we could just talk about Hebrews sometime oh, and, we would love and Jesus. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you ask? him okay. If, if he will join us, I'll put a little bug in his ear, <laughs> or whatever the expression is. Yes, <laughs> a bug in his ear. And that'd be good. All right. So the first title that we're going to look at is uh, found on page 145, and that is Jesus as the heir of all things. And so, again, we could spend all day on mm, this, but yeah. what's what's what is really precious to you in these verses that we have on page uh, 145. We've got an assortment here from outside of Hebrews as well.
1: You know, it's kind of hard for me just to even wrap my head around that expression. It seems vague, kind of theoretical, you know, we're just small. (laughs) At Mm -hmm. least I am. And I just, am like, Air of all things. Okay. It just sounds like if I were to say a phrase of all things, it's kind of like throw away words, <laughs> but that's because I'm, I'm small and finite, but to think of this vast universe that God has made and that Jesus is ruling over all of it. It, it does, you know, cliche blow my mind. Yeah. So but what really gets me, and I hinted at this before as we went through this chart, when you get to Romans 8, 16, and 17, Jesus is, of course, the son, but we, by our mm-hmm. relationship to him, are also children of yes. God. And if Jesus is an heir, then by extension, we are fellow, fellow heirs. heirs. And how is yes. that even possible that we, you know, like Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount,
0: we're going to inherit the earth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's that's mind blowing. It is. That's right. It's hard to just even grasp. Yeah. These verses here and just how, on the last day, I mean, the heritage that we have, mm-hmm. it, we can hardly take it in. Yeah. Revelation twenty one: the one who conquers will have this heritage. You know, again, talking about this idea of, you know, dwelling with God, that He is. He, he's ours. He's and ours. There's that we are his. Yeah. Eternally, nothing can, nothing can change that. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, of course, there's a couple. I, I only put a small part of that passage there because yeah. in context, you know, it, the verse actually reads, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Yeah, so it's, it's that life. It's the water yeah. of life.
1: Yeah. And then the verse actually goes on and mm-hmm. we have a contrast that yeah. what we inherit versus what the cowardly, the faithless, mm-hmm. the detestable, the mm-hmm. murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their portion is something very different. It's, it will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So what a contrast! We have eternal life; it's our heritage in Jesus.
0: Again, there's another warning, just like yeah, the stumbling right. block over the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want that. We we want to be a part of the the heritage of mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, you know, I think it's the the idea that you know all of us belong to Jesus because God has given us to Jesus mm-hmm. as an inheritance. Yeah. That's right. This idea of us being co heirs is um, astounding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The fact that we uh, are going to gain that inheritance from Him. Yeah, I think
1: we can't, we can just barely scratch the surface of all that means. Mm -hmm.
0: We can't. For us in the eternal kingdom. Mm -hmm. Amen. But it will be glorious. (laughs) Amen. It sure will be. All right, we are going to grab a couple more uh, titles here before we move on to Jesus as the High Priest. And this is on page 146, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at uh, that Hebrews 1.3. It's the way he begins the book, really, talking about that in former times, God spoke by prophets and other means, but now he's spoken by his Son because he is the radiance of the glory of god and there's I mean, nothing more to say now right he gave <laughs> us
1: jesus who is all of these things like you said the radiance of the glory of god the exact imprint of his nature yeah. he is the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power yeah. so if this is he is our last revelation there is nothing more we need mm-hmm.
0: and yet i think about i mentioned this in class this morning how the futility of astronomers who, even in the face of this like new web telescope, mm-hmm. they are discovering these galaxies that they never knew existed. <laughs> they're blowing their minds as to how much of the universe there is that they don't get, mm-hmm. they don't understand. And they're talking about this dark matter that they have no idea what it is and how it works. And you go, okay, yes, Hebrews has a bit to say, <laughs> Jesus upholds That's right. the universe That's right. by the word of his power but they just don't see it because yeah. again they're intent on
1: robbing God of his glory many of them they yeah. just
0: won't they won't attribute the amazing universe to God's power mm-hmm. sad yeah and then you I mean second corinthians here i to me gives a lot of hope
1: mm-hmm.
0: because these are verses that i pray
1: yeah for
0: those that i know that are blinded they don't see Jesus for who he really yes. is. I've
1: heard you quote this verse dozens of times, I believe. Yes, one of your favorites. It, it? is one it's of my beautiful. favorites because
0: I it just I love this the fact that it's for God who said let light shine out of darkness. Going back then to Genesis 1, mm-hmm. he created everything. That that God, he shines that light in our hearts mm-hmm. to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so without God giving us that knowledge, we don't see him for who he is. Yeah. So that's, that's my plea when I am praying for someone. Pray, oh Lord, shine your light into that dark heart. Yeah, And
1: it, it encourages me because I think God has done this before. He created mm-hmm. at the beginning of time. Let there be light. And every person whose heart is turned to Jesus, that is another act of creation. God has not stopped working. Like as Jesus says, my father has been working until now, mm-hmm. I am working as well. And I, and I think, yeah, yes. that, that does help me pray. Like do a work of creation yes. in that person's heart. Let him banish the darkness from their hearts. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how this verse helps me pray for unbelievers as well.
0: All right, let's uh, go on here to... Just a couple more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is on page 147. You keep saying that. I know. Well, there's just, there's, like I told the class this morning, I, I could have made this lesson easily twice as oh, long or ten yes. times as long mm-hmm. because we just can't exhaust all of who Jesus is. We, we completely skipped over Melchizedek.
1: Yeah.
0: But, well, okay, well, I let's... talked about him to some length in the
1: fall, <laughs> so... That's right.
0: All right, so we have... Uh, this idea of Jesus being the founder of our salvation um, who was made perfect through suffering. And I think that again, we have this idea of suffering before glory Mm -hmm. and that uh, rejection before exaltation. And Mm -hmm. it, it's another way of saying, I think all of this, but it's so sweet that Jesus really is. I mean, as our savior, he has saved us and he has created that faith. In our hearts, which again, going back to Second Corinthians that we just talked about, mm-hmm. that should give us hope. Yeah, and pray to Him to do that in the lives of those that we love. Yeah,
1: He gets so much glory when He does it. So why do we ever hesitate to ask God to glorify Himself mm-hmm. by bringing more people to Jesus?
0: Yeah,
1: He delights to do it.
0: I think another way that this encourages me in my faith is we this idea in question 25 knowing that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of my faith helps me to just hold on to that truth that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. Mm -hmm. He began it. He will
1: finish it. Yeah. You can't lose sight of the fact that he is working, even though we feel slow and slow to change. Um, sometimes I just feel really short-sighted I forget things but it is it's so encouraging to know like God will get the work done and he he completed this work through Jesus he brought Jesus through death raised him from the dead and brought him back up to heaven where he's exalted he's going to do the same thing for us and that's just so encouraging that is great news
0: yeah it's not you know we don't we're not saved on our own no and we, we we don't do anything on our own. It's it's only through his strength and his grace that we make any progress in obeying his commands and, and does becoming some, more like him. Yeah.
1: And the pattern consistently is suffering. That's the thing mm-hmm. that always hits home in these texts. Suffering. That's how God gets his work done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it gives us hope in our suffering too. Okay, Jesus endured and he has been raised and glorified. So we will follow that same path, but we do, we just, we have to endure and we have to see the suffering as the way that God is
0: perfecting our faith.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, let's go on to Jesus as our high priest. And we find this on page 147 of the lesson here. And we have some, some passages that we could, we could read some of them, we could read all of them, but it's really, I think the theme here is that Jesus is, there are some ways that he's similar to the Old Testament priests, but yeah. Hebrews uses this phrase that he is a great high priest and that there's so many ways that he is not like the Old Testament priests. Right. I mean, he was—he was. We can say he was—he was faithful Mm -hmm. to God who appointed him. Where the Old Testament priests were, well, maybe we could just look and start a list here of the ways that uh, Jesus is
1: different, different, similar, and similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the things that were interesting to me that were similar. They're both appointed by God, so mm-hmm. Jesus did not mm-hmm. take this office of his own accord. It was given to him, appointed to him by God, yeah. just like the Aaronic yeah. um, you know, Levitical priest line. Mm-hmm. Um, and he experienced weakness to a degree, <laughs> so he wasn't weak in that mm-hmm. he sinned and then mm-hmm. had to sacrifice for himself. But he is that his we, his human mm-hmm. weakness, you know. Mm-hmm. Was tired. He was tempted as we are tempted. Um, and those things make him sympathetic, just like the human priest could be. They could be sympathetic with the people. They weren't always, because they were not always good priests, but they had the capacity to be sympathetic right. since they were human as well. So those are about the only similarities I saw. Mm-hmm. Did you see any (laughs) more? No, I (laughs) saw a lot more differences. They they both (laughs) offer
0: sacrifices. That's right. Yep. But the differences is is we see that highlighted a lot in the way they offer sacrifices. Because the the priests in the Old Testament, they offered sacrifices um, daily, Mm -hmm. uh, year after year, over and over. And Jesus is once once for for all. Some, yeah. some of the
1: most beautiful. Do I dare say that word? You <laughs> some say of the, that word. Yes, most <laughs> beautiful words in all of Scripture. Once we're mm-hmm.
0: all. Yeah, there's a single. You, you know, I think mm-hmm. elsewhere in Hebrews talks about it being a single sacrifice, and you know, I think I only put down a couple of these verses that. But here is another table that I decided that I would uh, pull up as well. That just had mm-hmm. some of the, just the comparisons. You know that Jesus. Uh, yes, like you said, he he's perfect, He, but he could also sympathize with their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But he was without sin, where the other Old Testament priests were sinful. And the difference in the offerings, you know, we've talked about that already, you know, the the sacrifice of bulls and rams, but Jesus sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. And the difference then is in the outcome as well. I mean, the other priests, they had to keep doing this because the Forgiveness never lasted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Day after day, year after year, century after century, they had to keep doing this as just pointing to the one who would finally come.
1: And I think it's Hebrews 7, how these priests were prevented from continuing in their office because they kept dying (laughs) because they were sinners. But Jesus lives forever, so he has Mm -hmm. this eternal priesthood.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what would our what should our response be to having such a great high priest? This is question twenty-eight on page one forty-eight. Do you have some thoughts there? Well, he as
1: high priest, he stands as mediator between God and us, and I think why don't we go to him? Mm. <laughs> That's yes. why he's there, right? Absolutely. So yeah. he, is in heaven now, and he remembers exactly what it was like to be um, on earth as a human suffering as we do. And so, he is eager to bend a listening, sympathetic ear to us in our weaknesses. And mm-hmm. he is eager to dispense mercy and grace whenever yes. we need it. Yeah. And we always need it. So, I think knowing who he is, what he has done. What he still does. Why don't, why don't we go to him more often? Yeah.
0: yeah. Because we don't have to be timid about it. Yes. You no. Know? We can the words of Hebrews 4 14 is with confidence we can draw near. Yes. And we can do that because Jesus is there and he is interceding for us. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to be afraid that we're asking too much
1: children you know how mm-hmm. I think we read this text 2 weeks ago when jesus rises from the dead he's like go tell my brothers that i am going to my father and your father he just brings us all in with him we don't have to be afraid we can go boldly cuz we're children of god mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we don't have to be afraid that we are coming too often or with too petty of yeah. concerns he will listen and, and to know that he sympathizes with our weaknesses, that, that should make us all the more eager mm-hmm. to go before the throne, I think. Let's look at how Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. And we see this on page 149. So Hebrews presents Jesus as not only the high priest offering the sacrifice, but as the sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God that we studied in lesson six, and the atoning sacrifice or propitiation for our sins that we studied in Lesson 7. So there were a few verses that we had here on page 149 to help us understand or maybe even just rehearse, Mm -hmm. review how Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. Or Ephesians 5 talks about him as a fragrant offering, Mm -hmm. which is a remarkable way of saying it mm-hmm. those the offerings in the old testament i just can't imagine what the scene and the smells around the tabernacle must have been but here jesus is described as that fragrant mm-hmm. offering that's so pleasing
1: right. to the lord yeah we have the emphasis on singular sacrifice again mm-hmm. in verse 10 mm-hmm. sacrifice of himself
0: Nine twenty-six. yeah, themself, 926. yeah sacrifice of himself once for all. Mm -hmm. There's no repeating, no need for any other sacrifice. And I just think, you know, we talked about the differences between ordinary priests, but the idea that when they offered, because the sins were only looked over or atoned for temporarily, Mm -hmm. uh, but that just wouldn't do for us because we continual continually sin. Right. We talked about this in the fall how there was there was hope that maybe this was the the reboot of Eden, mm-hmm. but it it so never it made was it because still that
1: problem. That's right. Yeah.
0: So Jesus has he has given his life as that once for all sacrifice. We are eternally forgiven, and we we don't need to worry about double jeopardy
1: mm-hmm. that's right and i get to this at the end of the lesson but we still sin of course and we, we recognize mm-hmm. that the longer we're alive and the more we walk with jesus we're very conscious of how much we still sin but yeah. that sacrifice still atones though even those are covered when we confess them yeah. there is no need to offer another sacrifice. This was enough for past, present, and future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, his blood was was completely sufficient for everything that we need. So let's talk for a minute just about the blood of Jesus here. I think it's a topic that probably is not real comfortable mm-hmm. for people to talk about, especially in our culture. Yeah, But I think it's important to realize that through all those years, the blood of goats and bulls it 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 was not able to save. Mm-hmm. But here is Jesus who comes by the means of his own blood. He offers himself, and that is what will purify us. That mm-hmm. is a once for all offering that saves yeah. us.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting in nine twelve where you're looking, it says mm-hmm. it purifies our conscience, our conscience. from dead yeah. works. And yeah. I like that's that's the that's the difference. I yeah. mean, those temporary means of just kind of mm-hmm. ceremonial cleaning them, kind of a symbolic thing. Like, yes, blood has been shed; therefore, your sin will be overlooked. But now it's yeah. not just ceremonial. Mm-hmm. Like, we are mm-hmm. actually washed clean, and we yes. don't have to do these dead works. We don't. Right. We're not performing for the Lord, and at all, we are set free from that. And now everything we bring is a beautiful, fragrant offering to yeah. the Lord when we obey Him. It's, or we, we we sing to Him. We offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. These things are the new sacrifices. We aren't atoning for our sins. No. We have the... the we offer our bodies of our as
0: living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it goes on here. He purifies our... Con- you know, it purifies us here, but it says, to yes. serve. Right. So we're not just set on the shelf somewhere as these pure China dolls. Right. But we're out there we're out there, you know, actually living through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah, we're doing
1: good works. Good works. Not dead works. Yeah. That's right.
0: Which brings me to another preview, maybe. We are gonna be studying the book of James in the fall. Yes. Where we're gonna talk about this a lot more. Yes, that's right. Yeah,
1: I'm very excited about
0: that. So we have a couple more things to go. We're going to wrap up on page 151. Jesus is called here the guarantor of a better covenant. I looked that up just to make sure I was pronouncing it right. Did I say it right? Yeah. Guarantor? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how does that work? I mean, what, did you look into what a covenant is and who the guarantor would be?
1: Oh, not very much in depth. I just—I think I looked at some of the notes you gave me, Pam, <laughs> <laughs> about it just being an ancient contract between parties, um, usually two parties. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, in the verses that then that we read, like the Isaiah mm-hmm. verse, it seems that then Jesus was given as a. a, a yeah, he was given as the covenant for the people. So mm-hmm. he was what was given in order to enact or ensure or to make the yeah. contract,
0: make sure everybody knew God intended to fulfill what he was, his his of Yeah. And, yep. Yeah, so it was like a, like a pledge, a contract. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, this is just occurring to me now, but just thinking back to how God made a covenant with Abraham, and when God did that the the practice for a covenant was to have animals you know they would cut in half and they would put them each to the side, and then the parties making the agreement would walk, walk them between those those dead bodies that had been cut in half, and essentially they would be saying, "If I fail to uphold my end of this promise, may this happen to me. may mm-hmm. I be mm-hmm. torn in two and so God makes that covenant while Abraham is completely unconscious, Mm -hmm. sleeping. So God makes that promise. And then what he does with Jesus, he sends Jesus to guarantee this. So it's like he's promising with his very own son that he will fulfill. Mm -hmm. And isn't it amazing that Jesus is the one who is, we we talked about last week, he is torn in two. Mm -hmm. He makes that way. He initiates the new covenant through his flesh and through his blood which this is definitely mind-blowing yeah what else could we
1: ask for and you know paul will pick that up and and say he didn't even spare his own son to do this for you so why would we ever doubt (laughs) that he would continue to be faithful to his promises to us
0: he will give us all All things things, because he has done he's done the the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. He will continue to do that. Yeah, he'll
1: do all the lesser things. All too. the lesser things. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hebrews 8 goes on to say that I, I almost decided to throw in a study. A couple of verses ago, the, the author of Hebrews uses the phrase, how much more. Mm-hmm. He says that a lot. That's a phrase you see throughout the Bible. But here we see it again. Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better because it's enacted on better promises, which—that's a great way to describe the new covenant, isn't it?
1: or in your? Are you thinking? Is—is is this yeah. where he quotes from Jeremiah yeah. after the session? Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Jeremiah thirty-one. Yeah, and what promise this is that he's yeah. gonna. This new covenant will be um, written on our hearts. hearts. Yeah, you know the terms of the covenant Mm -hmm. the 10 commandments were written on a tablet stored in the ark but now it's just right on our very person yeah
0: (laughs) in this new covenant jesus he he, his blood seals this new covenant that really fulfills jeremiah 31 because now we do have the spirit in our hearts Mm -hmm. and we have the forgiveness of sins and we have the knowledge of god and just the idea that the Lord will forgive and not remember our sin anymore is so incredible. It's mm-hmm. it's just a staggering promise of all that God has done for us.
1: Yeah. And it's, I liked how in Jeremiah, when he talks about this new covenant, he says, I basically, he is comparing it to a marriage. I will be their husband. Um, well, he was. He was Israel's husband. We took mm-hmm. them out of hand and them out of Egypt. But it just made me think. That's kind of off track, but that's why it's so important for us to have marriages that honor the Lord Mm -hmm. because it is picturing a beautiful covenant that Jesus has with
0: his people
1: that God has made with, you know, the the church and with Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus as guarantor. Guarantor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the NAV actually says guarantee. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But that's an assurance that God will keep his promise. I think that's a the fact that God put forward His very own Son Jesus as a guarantee that He will keep His word to us is what's here. What adjective has haven't we used yet? It's magnificent. It is. It's just. It's it's magnificent. Mm -hmm. It's precious, and the fact that Jesus, His priesthood, is going to last forever. You know, we are also. The question thirty-seven as we kind of get toward the end here of our lesson, but you know, how are we commanded to remember Jesus' role as our high priest and as mediator of the new covenant or even the, the guarantor of the covenant?
1: Um, have any thoughts on that? I mean the first probably most obvious one is by keeping the Lord's table, mm-hmm. coming and uh, partaking of communion, mm-hmm. I think. Every time we do, you know, that cup just forces us to reckon with our sin and what it did to Jesus, but also we drink it, in a sense, we devour it because we know that it's the only way with his blood spilled for us and his body broken for us that we can be a part of his body.
0: Yeah, I think there's another aspect of us kind of joining him in his suffering can't remember where it is in Hebrews. Is it 11 or 12 that talks about us going outside the camp um, mm-hmm. with him? I think that, that passage says, yes. Is it 12? Yes. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good. There it is again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So even though we don't offer blood sacrifices anymore because of Jesus we are enabled then to sacrifice our lives in other ways Mm -hmm. for other people yeah I think
1: Romans 12 it has that list of all Mm. the ways people can serve how we use our spiritual gifts and that is an act of sacrifice and service it's a way we make our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord
0: using our gifts within the body Mm -hmm. Before we go on to First John, I just wanted to wrap up this section with a quote from John Piper. This is, I will include a link in the email this week. Uh, This is from a message titled, How the Supremacy of Christ Creates Radical Christian Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And he said, All the pictures of the supremacy of Jesus in the book of Hebrews are pictures not only of the perfection of the all-sufficient means of our salvation, but also of the all-satisfying goal or the end of our salvation, namely the supremacy of Christ himself, experienced with all-satisfying joy. He is the great reward. He is the one that we know in the better resurrection. He is the light of the city that is to come. Therefore, everything in this epistle, that is Hebrews, that says about him intensifies our love for him now. As our treasure, mm-hmm. and that 's been the aim of this of this study, mm-hmm. and our desire for him later as our final reward, mm-hmm. as we were talking earlier you know we we have that joy set before us mm-hmm. of being with him. I am just very prayerful that those that are doing this study have just increased in their love for Jesus and treasure mm-hmm. more and more in their lives yeah. So, as we wrap up, we're just going to look at one final title here, and that is that Jesus is our advocate. We alluded to this before, but I think this is a really sweet way to end. He is our high priest, but I think this, this word advocate, the fact that, that Jesus is our advocate with the Father, is a very precious thing for us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a a slightly different picture. Again, we just have such a variety of pictures to help us understand how Jesus works and for us. And here it's more like kind of like imagining a courtroom setting, you know, Mm -hmm. that Jesus is in there always always advocating for us. Mm -hmm. And and of course, it's not that God is against us. He's not. He's very much for us. He is our Father, but... Um, we have we we have somebody who says, "Yep, I saw that sin, but I forgive you
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of I've already I paid. paid for it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he paid for that, and we see this word that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. He is the propitiation for our sins. That idea that he bore the wrath that we deserved. He took the penalty for us. He turns God's
1: wrath away. Yeah. There is no more wrath. No more wrath. <laughs>
0: yeah. There is no double jeopardy. That's right. Yes. We can just be confident that, that God is for us. And in Christ, he is all of these things for us. And so I would just like to pray as we close. Thank you so much, Cherise, for joining Thank us. Thank you. And uh, let me just close with the prayer that we had at the end of our lesson here. Father, how can we express our gratitude? Thank you for Jesus, the author of life, the judge of the living and the dead, the righteous one, the hope of Israel, the first fruits, the last Adam, the cornerstone, the founder and perfecter of our faith, the head over all things, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the creator who holds all things together, the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, the hope of glory in our all in all. Thank you for sending the radiance of your glory, the exact imprint of your nature, the upholder of the universe. We love Jesus, who is the image of you, God. So we see your glory in his face. So Jesus, thank you for being our mediator, our ransom, our reconciler, our advocate. You are for us, not against us our forever perfect and great high priest, our atoning sacrifice and propitiation for our sins. We are forever grateful that with your blood, you guarantee our relationship with you. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jesus. Help us to treasure you in all of life.
1: Amen. Amen.